This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we... we- we do not discuss big... Game of Thrones. We do not discuss <laughs> Avengers. I don't want to discuss any of that stuff. I have seen Avengers Endgame, and I'm not going to say a word. Okay. Okay. But By the I way, have we have to bring it. my son on again. He wants to do more Fortnite discussion. He oh. said, Dad asked me a question. So I gave him, I said, why is this so popular for kids? He talked for like 20 minutes. I wasn't even, I stopped listening. We got to get Jackson back on. That's what I said. Okay. So he's looking forward to it. Lots to talk about, especially with Dabo. Who got paid out? Oh, he did it again. I did. Oh, oh. It was great. I thought we were going to edit that one out. And he came, <laughs> came back and dub, doubling down on Dabo. Uh, well, look, when you are now the highest paid coach in college football, yes. you deserve your own nickname. And what's his nickname going to be? It's going to be uh, Paid Dabo Pedo. All right, I did. I just thought that was something you said. Uh, <laughs> Clemson <laughs> has decided to pay him what is an average annual salary of nine point three million dollars over ten years. I, I, I just hope he gets a nice bonus if he if he wins the conference. You know, I hope he gets another eight hundred. <laughs> Which he does. I've, he, seen, yeah, I've seen the contract. Should he win he the does. ACC? I just hope he gets even more money. But the part that I shake my head at is when the contract was announced. Somebody who remembered some Dabo of the past came out and said he was against players being paid. That would be too much for him. That would push it too far. Eben, the exact I can read you the, I can read read the, the quote. Eben, yeah, yeah. Uh, we try to teach our guys, use football to create opportunities. Take advantage of the platform and the brand and the marketing you have available to you. But as far as paying players, professionalizing college athletics, that's where you lose me. I'll go do something else because there's enough entitlement in this world as it is. <laughs> well, so that's where you lose me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, that was a, a few years ago. I'm not sure how much he's commented on on his thoughts recently, but assuming they haven't changed, um, professionalizing college athletics, professional, it's already with, professional. It's a professional operation. Dabo Swinney yes. is was already, and with this contract, even more so, being paid more than I would think almost any NFL coach on a yearly basis right now. There may be a few NFL coaches that are making more than the 9.3 average that Dabo Swinney is now getting. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to argue as a guy who's being paid $9 million that your endeavor isn't professional. But it's also hard to argue that he isn't worth it. And you and I were chatting about what That's he true. brings to the institution. I agree. I mean, there's no question, you know, if Alabama is 1A dynasty in college football, Clemson is 1B, right? They've won two of the last three National championships, both against Alabama. Allow me to insert um, Syracuse. Was very close to them this year. By the they way, win, but they I, very I should close. add nine point three million uh, on average because I would love to make the point three every year. <laughs> <laughs> the point three is nice. Yeah, living on the point threes. He, I believe, the, the way I read the contract, the next couple years he won't be paid as much as Nick Saban annually but we'll eventually jump that you don't want to anger nick right away and you i can yeah. promise you that nick saban is going back to the I board was gonna of say, trustees right the, now the people who are most unhappy about this are the alabama board of trustees because they know that 
Yeah. It's co- <laughs> Coach Saban would like to see you. Oh, like, yeah. I don't understand why he doesn't just have the kicker in his contract that automatically makes him the highest paid. If somebody goes higher, you automatically Now, he up. got $9.44 million, but that was over seven years. Yeah, his contract is no, nowhere near as big as as Dabo's is. Um, and again, I, as soon as Nick Saban signs his next one, I assume he'll be the, the next highest paid one. Uh, one other interesting note in Dabo's I contract. I was going to set this up for you. Oh. I was going to even praise you saying leave it to underscore to comb through the deal to find a very interesting point, which he wrote about. Yeah, talking about the relationship between Clemson and Alabama, all these deals, you know, every time a coach signs a deal, there's usually a buyout for what happens if he decides to leave before the contract is over. Should he go pursue something that is less commercial than, you know, less professional? (laughs) Dabo Swinney has that buyout and he also has an Alabama buyout. So in addition to the, the price he's going to pay if he leaves, there's an added cost if he leaves to take the job at Alabama. Uh, and for folks who don't know, Dabo grew up in Alabama, went to the University of Alabama. I believe he won a national championship on their football team and then started his coaching career there. So there's definitely a relationship there. But for example, if Dabo were to leave you know, in November 2020 after the 2020 season, uh, he owes the school six, $4 million. If he leaves to take the job at Alabama, he owes the school $6 million. So there's an Alabama premium in the contract. And you know, clearly Clemson is worried about the prospect of him leaving for his alma mater. I think he should go to be the Alabama like towel boy, where, but less pressure and only make $3 million. Those are going to be some of the most expensive towels in the history of the college. <laughs> Uh, that was got, a commentary, by yeah, the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's move on. NFL draft is in the books. Mr. Roger Goodell, the first pick. In the 2019 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. And so it is. The assumed is really happening. Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma, at five foot ten and one eight inch, just became the first overall pick in this draft. Now, yes, Kyler Murray. That, really, that's no surprise. In fact, I shouldn't say that I was. I made a bet that he was going to be number one, okay. and but I you was, did. That I did. What, what <laughs> and, kind of odds did you get on that? Actually, no. That that is something that that's why I brought it up when it's when it came up. Uh, the odds at one point were like, oh, plus, uh, I'm sorry, uh, minus uh, 1,100. Okay. Then it <laughs> went to down. 11. Yeah. It good, went, good bed bar. But it went, no, but then it went down to minus 400. Ooh, okay. And that's like, you know what? Maybe I should get on that. And there you go. apparently sure you enough, did. Yeah. All right, now, so you have extra how much now? Uh, I have an extra $40 is what I have. <laughs> but, one half tank of fuel for your commute. But one, but one thing about it that uh, good for Nashville because, uh, boy, this put a lot of money in their coffers. A lot of businesses uh, benefited from this. By the way, did you hear about there was he's, he's a, gonna say he's gonna say what you were gonna say. Yeah. Ever keep doing this to each other? Eb, I know Evan won. Don't do it. I won't Let do it. Don't do it because Evan wants it. Evan wants to do it. Evan wants to. I assume right. you're talking bachelorette parties. Yes. Is that your yes. Oh my god! Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is my my favorite news story of the year. The the Great amount of story. bachelorette parties in Nashville over the weekend who were upset and didn't realize that the NFL draft. Uh, was going on. If folks haven't listened to it, uh, the local Fox station in Nashville did a fantastic uh, video news story interviewing some of these women, and it's uh, it's, it's top rate. I, I don't want to get the calls from the NFL, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't understand the appeal of the draft. I, I, I just don't understand. And clearly I'm in the minority, 
But, and Evan, you have, you know, we've all been to the draft and you've yeah, yeah. been the one in New York. The only way for me to follow the draft is to let it happen. And then when you have a few free seconds, go to your whatever favorite internet page. Oh, look, my team selected these players. Oh, that's who. Okay. Now I see what everybody did. Thank you. Move on. Well, I don't see making a weekend of it. The NFL has done a tremendous job commercializing this entire it's endeavor. Unbelievable. Right? Not just on the ground. There were 600,000 people in Nashville yeah. for the NFL draft specifically. Um, when they, they used to do it in New York every year, they, they decided a couple years ago, hey, we can take this on the road. Teams can host it. They've done Chicago. They've done Philadelphia, Nashville this year, Vegas next year. It's becoming an even bigger in-person event Subban? right now. Um, <laughs> he had a role he, I think he had a game at some point so, in there. Somehow right? Subban has to get himself involved. Um, but they've also, you know, as a TV property, it bridges the gap between and it's on every network. The, by the, the way. millions of people that yeah. love college football and the millions of people that love the NFL, which isn't always an overlap. Um, and yeah, it comes at a time when you know football fans have been starved of professional football outside of the AAF. Uh, jokes not included for the past couple months, right? It is this this kind of perfect nexus, and you know the numbers are nuts. Six point average, six point one million viewers over the three days, as you said, Scott. It was on broadcast TV all seven rounds, um, also on ESPN's networks, also on NFL Network. Uh, it's a tremendously huge television. ESPN, endeavor. by the way, using the NFL Network feed, you know. Disney mm. might want to be very nice to <laughs> the NFL should yeah, say there be some rights deals coming definitely up. Definitely some underlying uh, yeah, underlying yeah. happiness in there. Yeah. I, I just still, for me, as an event, I, I mean, you want to go to Nashville, have a good time, good weekend? Okay, I get that. But the number of people who sit there and watch on TV, especially past round one. Yeah, I th- I th- that's a good point. I, I, I certainly understand the early round. I mean, if you watch the first round, if you're a college football fan, as I am, I, I recognize almost all the names. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of these guys play. If you're a team, you know, for whom one, you know, stud rookie is, could could be the difference between a, a playoff team and a non-playoff team, I can see there being interest in this. But, I mean, once you get down to, you know, the, the, the fourth through seventh round on Saturday, there's nobody in, in the actual thing anymore. There's no, like, real announcements. They just kind of happen on TV. And, and, of course, by the way, they've made that those moments, they've made great for social media and disbursement via digital. Like every single player who got a phone call from a coach is being recorded, it seems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the hugs with grandma. Totally, yeah. And I, I think it just kind of underscores just the, the hold and the dominance that the NFL has on say One of our listeners tried to use that against us with the uh, West Eden's commentary that the NBA would overtake the NFL in popularity. Oh, I guess they didn't see the 600,000. And, and it was a very simple response. No, Wes is well aware of the popularity of the NFL. And here's the important part. In the United States, nobody's arguing the dominance, the utter dominance in the U.S. West is looking forward to a time where because of scale, media scale and audience worldwide, that the NBA will ultimately be able to reap more revenue. Yeah, the framing is interesting there because, you know, the NFL draft went went up against and NBA playoff games, right? And NHL playoff games. And it blew both of them out of the water, right? Um, no but, surprise. But I would imagine if you could look at global audience... Right outside of the U.S., how many people were watching those NBA playoff games versus watching the NFL draft? I would imagine it would. Kyler Murray, not pretty, a big, not a big name in China. But see, you act surprised, and we have to move on. But I mean, you, you act surprised. But we're we're televising the the combine now. 
No, yeah, exactly. I think that's a per- that's a perfect point, right? People are so starved for football in in the in the late winter and and early spring that that events like this can become huge commercial opportunities for the NFL. Uh, the last topic, uh, serious. Uh, Rick Fox used to be with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, now with uh, Echo Fox is now leaving Echo Fox, and the reason why he is reportedly leaving is over a shareholder's use of racist language. Yeah, Rick, one of the owners of the team, big into esports. Echo Echo Fox. Fox. (laughs) He's the Fox part of the Echo Fox. Maybe Fox should have been first. Um, Apparently, one of the shareholders used uh, some racist language, and that was it for Rick. He's like, my shares are available. If you want them, you can have them. I'm out. Yeah, as you said, Michael, you know, 13-year NBA career. He was one of the first kind of traditional sports investors to to dive into esports. He's been, I would say, a, a pretty darn good ambassador for for esports writ large over the past few years. Um, but yes, the according to a report from Dexerto, um, a, a one of their investors used uh, an, an epithet not only once but but a number of times, both in writing and verbally, about uh, their former CEO Jace Hall. Uh, Rick obviously did not take take kindly to that. The 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 investor who has not been named to my knowledge is part of Vision Venture Partners, uh, which has a star-studded traditional sports investment group. I believe the Yankees are involved, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are involved, Kevin Durant, Odell Beckham. There, there's a lot of big names in there. Um, but yes, it certainly seems as though Rick has has had enough, and and there's a larger I think. Be uh, interesting to see what Kevin Durant, Odell Beckham, sure, exactly. to my knowledge, exactly. I, if it's I don't reached know, their ears yet. I don't, yeah, I don't know how how big a stake that they have yeah, in the whole thing. Even easier um, to say, get out. Sure, yeah, but but this is I think underlying for for folks out there who are gamers or fans of esports. You know, there is there's a big issue you know within that within that culture right now that that they're going to have to kind of suss out. And if and if Rick calling attention to this. Is kind of starts to have that conversation. I think that's a that's a positive. I will tell you, somebody who spent more than his fair share of time in the Los Angeles Lakers locker room in and around when the, the star-studded Laker teams, right. you went to Shaq for Shaq, you went to Kobe for Kobe, you went to Robert Ory for sort of your fun stuff, and but you had Derek Fisher there as well. But when when you wanted something kind of the the the, the temperature take, you went to Rick Fox. Yeah. He he was the guy who was always around. You could have sort of the temperature take conversation with Rick Fox. So he's a measured guy. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how this turns out, who steps up and says, I'll take those shares and what the fallout is with the other owners. Yeah, well. the fallout will be especially interesting. Echo Fox owned one of the 10 slots in the in the North American League of Legends uh, league. And all that just to say that this is one of those esports leagues that is trying to model itself after traditional sports leagues like the NFL and the NBA. Um, and we saw a, a number of years ago how the NBA handled, you know, a, an owner of a, of its team, you know, tossing uh, some, some racist thoughts around. So, you know, the league has said they're looking into it, um, but this will be an interesting litmus test for where professional esports are right now. Uh, depending on how how this investigation goes and what the actual ramifications are. Sad. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soshnick and Eben Novi-Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the president of the San Francisco 49ers and CEO of Elevate Sports, Al Guido. Yeah, buddy. My wife is going to love that. Friend of the program. That's right. Is right. I'll tell you more about uh, his cars later. He has great cars. Al Guido has great cars. Yes, he does. 
Okay. Yes, he's, he's, a, he's a car enthusiast. I did not know that. Yeah. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, where you get your podcast. 